One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. Well, we've had the Test Series and in uh, 24 hours' time, we would have had the ODI Series as well. 1-0 down with one to play after the washout in Durban. All attention now focuses on the Wanderers, Joburg, where it was a festive atmosphere for the Test match. Uh, could we see something similar? England will hope so. I wonder if Quinton de Kock, one match away from guiding South Africa to victory over the world champions, wouldn't be too disappointed if he rolled over in the morning. Pulled back the curtains and saw heavy rain. That's what's forecast. And Owen Morgan's side will dearly love the opportunity to get out and just make sure they don't lose their first bilateral series since going down to India uh, in 2016-17. Uh, not too much to learn from from the second ODI. Just the two wickets falling uh, and less than 20 overs available. Uh, but let's hear what Owen Morgan had to say about that and looking ahead to this match, of course. Owen Morgan, all very frustrating, that. Yes, it is. Um, we're very familiar to, you know, a lot of rain during the summer. Um, we've been lucky the last couple of years where we've not had many games affected by the rain. But certainly today was an extremely frustrating day. I thought uh, certainly from the very beginning of of the game there was a there was a marked improvement on uh, the Cape Town match. Um, our bowlers were accurate. Uh, I thought we, you know, taking the prize wicket at Quinton de Kock early. Um, was brilliant for us and I thought we set up the game pretty good if we had to play the full game but it is frustrating when you don't get to you know, play a full game and, and you know, whether you win or lose you, you, this, a lot of this tour is about finding more about out about younger guys and personnel in our group along with winning so it's disappointing that an opportunity goes, goes making. Was Joe Root brought on specifically bold to Quentin de Kock because he's now bowled him in two games running? That's a matchup that seems to be working in Joe's favour. Yeah, um, we tried it. We've tried it in the past. It's 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 just a natural matchup with a um, a right arm off spinner to a left-handed batsman. Um, we know Quinton's a world-class player, so you know sometimes that world-class players, if you if you bring on something that's a bit left field. It controlled him a little bit, so we're hoping that it'll continue to work or one of our openers manages to penetrate the, the top of their order. 
um, which would be great because obviously they've, they've got off to a couple of good starts now. A word about the work that Joe's put in. I mean, we saw it last winter in Sri Lanka and the West Indies. He bowls an awful lot in the net sessions. Like he has worked so hard on this to get Quinton de Kock out twice. It's almost like the reward for that. Oh, it's a huge reward. And, and even if you look at the Test match series, when I think he took four for in one of the games, and maybe Port Elizabeth, he bowls as much in the nets as any of our other spinners. He loves the game, but with that, he's determined to always continue to improve, which is a huge testament to the character and the team man because a guy who averages 50 in, in, in you know two major formats of the game could easily sit back and focus on his fielding or something but to give the, the, the myself and the other guys an option with the ball early is, is huge particularly in the power play when you don't tend to take many wickets early when we spoke before the game in Cape Town, you said you wanted to come out of this series learning more about people. You picked Matt Parkinson in two games running over Adil Rashid and Moen Ali. So what are you learning about him? Yeah, I, I think getting to know his game over the last two games alongside the, the game that he played in New Zealand has, has been great for us because there are not many guys that come into international cricket and, and dominate straight away. So the, the, the cycle that normally works is guys come in, they do okay or they do poorly, regardless, they need to learn and improve and come back stronger, particularly when you're playing for England in a, in a white ball game at the moment because opportunities are few and far between. Um, I think naturally Parkey tends to bowl a little bit slower than most um, and has good variations but will continue to work on the pace that he bowls and the variations that he bowls as well but everything that we've seen so far is extremely positive. So you've got a series on the line in Johannesburg on Sunday. I guess it would be easy to recall the so-called big names but if you're having a policy of trying to blood people and look at them does that mean it could well be the same side three games running? Yeah, I, I think if we look to play the other guys, it will be to get some cricket under their belt before the priority of the tour, which is the T20 games. And if we don't, it'll be another opportunity to see uh, Matt bowl. Um, I, I don't think if he, if he doesn't play, we see fixtures during the summer where we will still continue to look at him. The young guys that we've selected we see them as being a big part of our future. So it's not a case of making a huge impact on a, such a short tour with limited opportunity. It's a case of get, 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 getting them as much experience as possible, them going back to their counties, grafting and working on what they've learned, and then coming back into the international game a better player, as opposed to just tr tricking along and drip feeding in um, when they can or when somebody's injured. <coughs> Perfectly all right. Just finally, um, a word about the, the England fans. They follow you all around the world. They sat here for hours today until it was finally confirmed and then they trudged their way out. I mean, they are a hardy bunch, aren't they? They're the best in the world. I've said it a number of times. The amount of times we've been away or at home, winning, losing, regardless of the situation in the game, people continue to turn up and shout for us. And it is such a great feeling that, particularly when we're away from home, and spend a significant time away from home that we get you know, whoever it might be turning up and, and, and shouting for us. It is such a fantastic feeling. So we're very appreciative um, and don't take them for granted one bit. You'll be able to hear exclusive live commentary on TalkSport 2 of the third ODI between South Africa and England on TalkSport 2. Reports over on TalkSport. You can cover and follow all the action. Um, not too much more action really to talk about at the moment. So how about a chance to really look at the big story that took place over the last few days?
The announcement that Jofra Archer, the injury that he'd been carrying throughout the Test Series in South Africa, far more serious than some had, let's be honest, given him credit for. Um, there were some reports that uh, nothing had come up on the scans. Well, we found out why, because uh, he has unfortunately suffered a stress fracture to his elbow, uh, which wasn't uh, visible underneath all the swelling. So uh, real sympathy for the bowler who misses out on the tour to Sri Lanka and also the IPL as well, although Rajasthan Royals speaking the last 24 hours saying they're still hopeful he may be able to participate uh, towards the back end of the tournament. We shall see. But how do you manage um, someone like Jofra Archer? Well, it was a topic of discussion during one of the rain delays in Durban in the second ODI. You two fast bowlers will know that uh, the, the, the last sort of almost the very last point of contact with the ball is when the elbow um, sort of gets itself into that straightened position uh, and then you know then all of the force of your entire body plus the weight of the ball goes through the through the elbow and, and out through the wrist so uh, it, it it's no surprise really and I'm, I'm almost delighted that they diagnosed the fact that he has an injury it's no surprise that Joffre Archer has not been able to hit 90 miles an hour as often as he did before the injury because um, this thing was obviously causing him an enormous amount of pain well he's going to have to get used to it because throughout his career he's going to have niggles and the unfortunate thing is as soon as you get sent for a scan when he starts affecting you bowling and you can't reach the speeds you want to read that's when they send you for the scan. But I can guarantee you, if they sent me for the scan now, it'd show up. I've probably got three stress fractures all over my body because the body's been through so much from years and years of fast bowling. But I'm glad also he's, he's, he showed up an injury because so many people doubted Joffrey Archer, thought he would pull it up the ladder, which was a ridiculous thing to do. You could tell he wants to play. It was a uh, ridiculous thing to say, not a ridiculous Yes, exactly. Thing to people do, yeah. would say, well, nothing showed up on the scan. He, he just didn't want to play. Um, because they all came down this because if he would have been fit, the Wanderers he would have played and Mark Wood wouldn't have played uh, Mark Wood ended up playing and bowled beautifully uh, got 9 for 100 in the match and well deserved performance but now for Joffre it's about getting fit again but I don't know if you realise Butchies but once England released that Rajasthan Royals then released a tweet saying uh, been working with the ECB to help Joffre Archer secure a speedy recovery and still up to see him in a royal jersey this season they've got two hopes Absolutely two well, hopes. isn't that remarkable, though? So, so they say they're working with the ECB, but the ECB released a statement saying he was out of Sri Lanka and out of the IPL. But Rajasthan Rolls are saying, hang on a minute here, we're not writing him off from well, the IPL. All I would say to that is that, that he's an ECB England contracted player, and if they say he's not going, he's not going. So that's the end of that. Um, Choose, what, what do you think uh, on hearing a, a, about the injury? Um, did you ever have uh, any issues with the, with the right elbow? Was that ever a problem for you as a fast bowler? No, not the elbow butch, and uh, good morning to everyone. No, I haven't had the elbow, but I've had pretty much everything else. My knees, uh, rib, torn shoulder, metatarsal, shin splints, I've had it all, but I've not had the elbow. Um, I think with Jofra and the elbow, I think because he comes off his, his shorter run and he puts so much momentum when he hits the crease, I think that's what gives him the issue. I was uh, I came off a slightly longer run. But he's also he's also sort of slightly double jointed in that elbow. Yeah. He does get a little bit of hyperextension in that. So mm. there's a there's a hell of a lot of stress, as yes. I said before, going through that particular joint. And there's some serious bowling which he has done since he's come in this England team. And I think a lot of people haven't realised he's bowled 400 overs and he only started in May if we remember I think he played against uh, Ireland was his first game wasn't it just before just to give him a taster into the one days because obviously we're trying to get him into that World Cup squad and obviously he had a fantastic World Cup and then everyone was saying listen he needs to play in the the ashes 
how often do you have a World Cup, which is absolutely huge, and then you have the Ashes, which is absolutely huge for all England players, and he's had that within four months? Yeah, it was two, two weeks after. I mean, England won the World Cup final on July the 14th. And the first Ashes Test match at Edgbaston started before the end of the end of July. So, um, listen, it, I'd, I'd give you some numbers in in English cricketing history. Only 19 seamers have bowled more international deliveries from May to December in a calendar year. Right, Joffrey Archer, uh, in comparison with his teammates um, playing for England over the same period, Archer bowled 400 overs. The next best was Stuart Broad with 367, Ben Stokes 336, Chris Wokes 299, Moen Ali 231, Sam Curran 201 and Adil Rashid 201. So that includes, that's World Cup, plus the Ashes, plus England's tour of New Zealand. Joffre 33 more overs than Stuart Broad in that period. Well, this is why the ECB are trying to, uh, to give them the right contracts and make sure people are not leaving test cricket just to play one day competitions around the world because if we look at it now we've got t10 you're going to have the 100 which is starting in england you've got the t20s you've got odi and you've got test matches so now they've upped the wages for the test match players so they think oh hang on a minute it's not i get a lot of money for playing test matches plus 25 grand or is it a test match to get as well on top so it's worth playing it but the problem we've got here now is but let's just think back before this may when he came into the england side you've got to remember with joffrey archer as well for a young man sussex sharks Big Bash, Hobart Hurricanes, IPL, Rajasthan Royals. We rushed to his passport because the importance to get him into that side for the World Cup to a team that was already ranked number one in the world after his performance playing for Hobart Hurricanes and the Rajasthan Royals. Because he wouldn't have got into the World Cup from his performance for Sussex. It's purely... He took the world by storm, playing in the Big Bash. Everybody, who's this Joffrey Archer? And then suddenly the IPL, he had another great tournament, bowling those great Yorkers, 90 miles an hour up front, 90 miles an hour Yorkers at the death, and then suddenly England needed him. And when they brought him in, 400.5 overs for someone so young is unbelievable. And it's the sixth most in world cricket this year. And this is, again, you've said it, from a lad who didn't come into world cricket until May. Yeah, I mean, you know, so the, the, there is a lot of sympathy, I think, for, for Joffrey Archer's plight. Um, and also, I guess, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an abject or it's a lesson um, to, uh, to, to captains around the world that you kind of, you know, these guys bowling 90 miles an hour, they're, they're a rare breed um, and they need to be taken, taken care of. And the issue that England had, uh, particularly during the Ashes Force, or the, the issue that Joe Root had was that his team wasn't scoring any runs. So the, they were always chasing the game. And so who do you throw the ball to? You throw the ball to your, to, to your speedster, the guy that's got a bit of X factor. Just a quick one on that, though, uh, T, before you come in. Just to, What I will say is but I think it's because he's so young, it's probably had the effect on him. If you think of Pat Cummins from Australia, he, he's another one. When he was younger, he had lots of injuries, didn't he? He struggled to get on the park. Now his body is up to where it should be. His strength, he knows, physically knows what he can do. That kid this year is about 600 nod overs. And he's still fit as a fiddle, he's going to the IPL. But his body is caught up, he's fit, he's strong, he's accustomed to bowling over after over. Joffre's not. All he's been playing, most of Joffre's cricket has been T20, right, for in Hobart and the IPL. And then suddenly he's gone from carrying on one-day cricket, having not bowled in a longer-form format, in four-day stuff for quite a while, suddenly he's bowling all those overs in the test matches and it's took an effect. Chutes, I've got, here's a question for you. Did you find in your career that you that you got more 
stick and more um, more questioning glances and uh, and looks in terms of in terms of whether or not you wanted to play. I mean, you know, did you get accusations of pulling the ladder up and not wanting to play and not bowling fast because you were you were lazy or you couldn't be bothered? Did that ever come your way? Yes, massively, Butch, and it was it was disappointing. Um, a lot of times. You know, I was getting told, oh, he doesn't want to play, he's not 100%, oh, he's not bowling fast. He's, you know, I always talk about the injuries I had. They were major injuries. I could not bowl. I had four knee operations, metatarsal, torn shoulder, broke, broken rib. I can't bowl with those. You know, it wasn't like I had a hammy or anything like that. It was major injuries, and it was disappointing to hear, oh, I even remember the, you know, the great Ian Botham saying, ah, he, he just needs to pop an anti-inflammatory and get on with it. It was like come on it, you know these was serious injuries that I had and it was like okay look you might think oh I can pop a pill but a pill wasn't going to help my situation and, and did you ever feel that, that you you were unfairly or sort of overly targeted as opposed to, to other guys who, who were who kind of seemed to have a similar issue or similar problems got injured um, but didn't seem to get the same stick for it as you did yeah definitely Butch yeah definitely and um, you know as I said but I had good people around me. I had the likes of yourself. I had Adam. I had uh, Keith Medleycott, my coach and stuff. And you lot kept me grounded and just said, look, don't worry about it. We, we back you. You know, we know once you're, you know, you're fit and firing, you know, that you, you get wickets. And, and that's what I generally did. But um, I tried not to read too much into it. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that social media wasn't really about when I was playing. So that was good. Um, but it was disappointing, especially when you heard ex-players that have been in that situation. They played and they were saying, like, he, he doesn't want to play because he's... You know, he's not 100%, which Graham, the late, great Graham Dilly told me early, Tudes, you will never bowl 100% fit. And it's knowing what, when you get more experience, it's knowing what your body can get through. And I think that's what Goffey was sort of alluding to when he's talking about Joffris, knowing what you can get through from the day-to-day -day basis. Sometimes you don't need to go out there and be at 100%, but being out there at maybe 85 and a wicket that's helping, you know, you've got to learn your skill set. Oh, OK, I'll, I'll throw this at you, Goffey. He bowled. He bowled almost two days on the bounce in the in his first in that in that Test match at, at Lords, the, the rain affected Test match at Lords. England almost managed to, to pull off a, an extraordinary victory, and Joe Root literally bowled him for the, the entirety of play on, on both of those two days. And then in the next Test match, um, where was that? Was that at Old Trafford? He, he then he basically didn't hit 90 miles an hour once. He was up above 90 miles an hour in the Lords Test match. The next Test match he didn't, but he still managed to take Pfeiffer. Isn't that doing what Alex Tudor just said? He realised perhaps the body was sore after Lords, but he was able to go to go back a gear and still pick up wickets and still be effective. Um, difficult one that because I think at Old Trafford he didn't look like taking wickets. I think Lords he was absolutely um, no, he got Pfeiffer at Edenley. Uh, yeah, he got five at Edenley. Uh, and I actually thought I praised him for the way he bowled at Edenley. And I've said this many times about Chris Wokes. When he bowls in England, he can step off the pedal and bowl 82, 83, 84 miles an hour. The pitchers will help most of the time, and he can use his skills. When he comes abroad, they went to New Zealand and they go to some pitches we've seen over here and they go flat. That's when he has to step up a yard. So with Joffre Archer, it's about being used properly, Butch. And I think what we've got now, and I think England are realising this as they go along. They've got a special talent in Joffre Archer. They've got a special talent in Mark Wood. They've got a special talent in Ollie Stone. These guys can bowl 90 miles an hour, but they cannot do it every single game of every single day. They can't, it's just not going to happen. So what they've got to do is realise, say, right, Joffrey Archer, five tests in the summer, he's going to play three of them max. Wood's going to play two of them. 
they go away in the winter, they take stone, wood and archery if they're all fit and they share the workload. What we will then get is a bowler who's on the field who can bowl 90 miles an hour in that game because if you're expecting to do it back to back, five tests in a row, it's just not going to happen. Fascinating to listen to the insight from uh, people who've been there and done it. Um, hopefully Joffre makes a speedy recovery. We'd love to see him back uh, playing for England, of course, alongside Mark Wood in the Test game. West Indies and Pakistan, the visitors to England this summer. And then, of course, it's uh, a five-match series in India, Test-match series in India after Christmas, which you will also be able to hear exclusively live on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. That pretty much brings us to the end of the TalkSport following on podcast, though. Um, the next podcast will be shortly after whatever play we get at the Wanderers, the third and final ODI of the series. You can follow it on TalkSport, TalkSport 2. But for now, that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can listen to the following on podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Acast. Uh, but for now, that's pretty much it. So thanks for joining us and we'll be back tomorrow. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.